Hello, City First Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether you are joining us online or in person, you know it has been a tragic week in Southwest Florida. Hurricane Ian made landfall on Wednesday and our Cape Coral family was directly in its path. You have probably seen the pictures on the news or online, but can I just tell you, they barely do the devastation justice. There is so much more destruction that the storm did that you have not seen. You know, the Bible says this in Corinthians. It says, if one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. Do you hear that? If one part suffers, the whole body suffers. Well, today, City First Cape Coral is suffering. And we as a church, we are suffering with them. This entire week, Jen and I have been in communication with Pastor Chris and Abby, our location pastors in Cape Coral, and we've been assessing the damage. We've been getting reports in real time, and we've been praying for our church down in Southwest Florida. City First, I think it's important that you know that we were able to mobilize a team to bring supplies, much needed supplies and power tools down to the Cape within 48 hours of the hurricane. You know, we are trying to clear as much of the rubble as possible. We set up a call center where we are phoning and texting our Cape Coral Church family and praying with them and listening to their needs. And on top of that, we've contacted Convoy of Hope, our long-term partner in disaster relief, and we are able to send them much-needed finances on Thursday, the day after the storm, so that they could get semis down to Southwest Florida, semis full of food and water and hygiene supplies as quickly as possible. And we're presently in discussions as a leadership team on how we can send teams from Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin down to Cape on an ongoing basis to help clean up and support this community. You see, every disaster is devastating and every crisis is heartbreaking. But this one, this one is personal. Why? Because this one impacted us. This is our church, our community, and we all at every location need to step up and join the effort to bring hope to those that are hurting, not only in our church, but also in the community. As your pastor, I'm asking you to pray with me that those who have experienced loss will sense God's presence, his strength, and his grace. I'm also asking us all to give and to join in this effort because every effort that we do as a church is because of your generosity. Not just hurricane relief, but everything we do. We are not funded by the government. Rather, all of the ministries of City First are because of you. And now is the time for all of us, including myself, to step up in our generosity because I'm telling you, the need is great. Hope now hope always. This became the theme of City First Church during the COVID crisis. And we stepped up as a church and helped those with food insecurity. We lifted the arms of those who were immunocompromised. We reached out into the communities where we were at and we showed the love of Jesus. And all of this came from a theme verse. It's found in Psalms 131.3. It says, wait Israel for God. Wait with hope 
Hope now, hope always. That is still our theme, not just in Cape, but for every person watching here today. Wherever you are at, no matter what you are going through, whatever odds are stacked against you, whatever you are facing, I want you to hear this, City First. Because of Jesus, you can hope now and you can hope always. It was important that I get to Cape as quickly as I possibly could, to see things firsthand and to bring support to our church family, those whose lives have been turned upside down in this past week. The airport was underwater and predicted to be closed for another seven days, but with God's help, I found a way. So today, City First, the message, it's gonna be a little different. I'm sharing today's message with you from right here in Cape Coral, Florida. Unfortunately, we are not able to have in-person services here at Cape because there's no electricity and people are picking up the pieces of their lives. However, I am praying that today brings hope to not only those in Cape Coral, but in Rockford, at Hardy, at Dixon, and all of our City First Anywhere locations. And I am praying that God speaks to each and every one of you today in a unique and a significant way, regardless of where you are watching from. Ironically or coincidentally, prior to any of this happening, I had planned to launch a new series today called Energy Vampires. You might say, what's Energy Vampires? Well, this series, we're gonna talk about how to overcome big feelings that can suck the life out of us. We're gonna talk about how to navigate some of the strongest negative emotions that people are experiencing in our modern world today, regardless of where you live or what you do for a living. And today's message, it was slated to be on the topic of uncertainty. I wrestled with this thought of postponing this series one week because of all that had happened to our Southwest Florida family. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, no, this is exactly what Cape and all of City First needs to hear. You see, the emotion or feeling of uncertainty can suck the very life out of you, each and every one of us. And when life is full of uncertainty, when there's no clarity, it is easy to lose hope. The world in which we live is full of uncertainty. We are just now coming out of a two and a half year pandemic that literally changed the entire world, our world, and affected every single person on the planet. And people are still living with the lingering effects physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. A superpower also has decided to declare war against a peaceful country. Our nation is more polarized than at least any time in my lifetime and everything is becoming more expensive and more unaffordable. And on top of that, there are global tensions, racial tensions, famine, disease, and now what experts are calling a 500-year hurricane that hit Southwest Florida. But, but this is what I know. 
Jesus can give each and every one of you, myself included, supernatural hope in the midst of great uncertainty. Do you know that? Do you realize that? Not just in your head, but in your heart. Even in seasons when the future looks depressing and you don't see how you're gonna make it through, God can give you hope and faith which brings strength. You see, this series is for everyone because each and every one of us, no matter our background, our upbringing, our strengths, our weaknesses, our race, or gender, all of us experience the crippling emotion of uncertainty at one time or another. I love what the authors of the book Big Feelings say about emotions. They say that there are basically three big lies when it comes to our emotions. Number one, emotions are negative. The second misconception is you should be strong enough to think your way out of hard thoughts and feelings. In other words, just be resilient. Like this is the new mantra of our time, suck it up, right? Or number three, you're the only one that is experiencing these big emotions. First of all, emotions are not negative. God created emotions, but they also are not our master. Secondly, resilience is good, but after a while, we can get tired and lose heart. Sometimes the just grin and bear it falls really short. And lastly, we are not the only ones experiencing feelings of uncertainty. We are not the only ones that have the mind games or listening to the lies that are trying to tell us the future is very, very bleak. Uncertainty is a strong feeling that is marked by loss of control, unpredictability, and the perception that things are gonna get worse, much worse. But here's the fact. The fact is, we live in a world where certainty is unattainable because we will always have things outside of our control. There will be forces that are too big for us to manipulate, forces at play that will make life uncertain. Things like the economy, weather, other people's actions, right? These and many others are things that are out of our control. No matter how hard we try, we can't control them. And uncertainty creates anxiety because we crave the ability to control these circumstances. The more that we try to control those things that we cannot control, the more the big emotions come into our heart and in our minds. In fact, the more uncertainty brings along its cousin, anxiety. And anxiety brings fear. And pretty soon these things begin to rule our soul. So I want to propose something to you today. I want to put something in your mind that I think is going to be absolutely profound, but you may think it's crazy. In fact, when I say it, it's going to sound obnoxiously simplistic. Are you ready? Here we go embrace and become friends with uncertainty. Now I know, I know it sounds crazy, but here is my point. Uncertainty is certain. In other words, you can chase certainty and try to control all your circumstances, but you will become frustrated quickly and you'll become disillusioned. Or you can embrace uncertainty. Well, how do you do that? I can embrace uncertainty when I trust my life to Jesus, the one who gives me certain hope. 
I can try to control the things that I can never control, or I can trust the one who is in control. The one thing about Jesus is that he rarely removes people out of uncertain situations, but rather he meets them there in the midst of their uncertainty. If you have your Bibles, turn them open to the book of Matthew. Now we're gonna talk about a story today that many of you have heard, some of you have not. But as you listen to this story, I want you to think about the emotion of uncertainty. Jesus has just done one of the most famous miracles in the Bible. He took five loaves of bread and two fish and he multiplied them and fed 5,000 people. Right after this, in fact, the Bible says immediately after this amazing miracle, Jesus ushers his disciples into a boat and tells them to sail to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So let's pick up in verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, before we go on, I wanna say I don't like this story. Did you hear what I read? It said this, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. He made them. If Jesus was both God and man, which he was, then he would know the future and he would know that a storm was coming on the lake and yet, he put those that he loved very deeply into a boat and told them to sail across. Now, I don't know about you, but this seems kind of abusive. It seems wrong. And yet we know that Jesus loved his disciples and he loves us too as his children. What does this tell me? It tells me that God will not allow us to avoid every uncomfortable and difficult situation. Unfortunately, we live in a hopelessly broken world and it's full of difficulty, tragedy, confusion, and a lot of discomfort. And for Jesus to help us avoid these things would mean that he would literally have to make our world perfect again or take us out of this world. Now I'll tell you this, someday he'll do just that. The Bible says that there will be a day when God will create a new heaven and a new earth, and he will rescue us from this broken world and give us heaven as our home. No pain, no tragedy, no sickness, and no uncertainty. But until then, he promises to be with us in the uncertainty and with us in the brokenness and the pain. Going on in the story in verse 25, it says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Jesus didn't show up until almost dawn. You hear that? The Sea of Galilee is about seven and a half miles wide and 13 miles long. Now, assuming that they're going across the lake, it should have taken them about two hours to get to the other side. But by the sounds of it in this verse, they were on the lake the entire night. That means that what should have taken a couple of hours took much, much longer because of a storm. A storm came and made the waters rough and the disciples were having trouble navigating. They were being tossed and turned in the waves and in the wind and they were probably scared out of their minds. 
Have you ever been on the water at night? It's pitch black, it's scary, it's dark. You cannot discern your way. The disciples could have been lost, bailing water out of the boat, full of anxiety and fear, not knowing what is gonna happen next. Talk about uncertainty. But then Jesus shows up right at about dawn. That means that they fought through the entire night. You know what? Much of our lives will be fought through the nighttime. Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel, in his book Night, wrote about his horrific experiences in the concentration camps of World War II during Nazi Germany. He believed in God, but he found himself questioning if God was really good and faithful because of what was happening to him and his loved ones. He said this, never shall I forget those moments which murdered my God and my soul and turned my dreams to dust. Wow, those are powerful words. But when you are in a tragic situation and a set of circumstances you cannot control and there's great uncertainty and pain and heartbreak, sometimes those things try to murder your God. They try to get you to change your perception or your view of who Jesus is. And this is what Ellie went on to say. He went on to write, I pray to God within me that he will give me the strength to ask him the right questions. Are you fighting through the night right now? Many of you have questions, questions that you've been asking God in your heart. If so, I wanna tell you this, you're human. Do you hear me? You're human. All of us have moments where we question God. All of us have moments when we feel like God's character and our circumstances are not lining up. And I will tell you that our God is not afraid, is not afraid of your hard questions. He is not afraid as you fight through the night of your disbelief and your circumstances and your uncertainty. But also, I know this, dawn is coming. Dawn is coming and the night is ending and the storm is subsiding and Jesus is there. Jesus, understanding our fear, says to us, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. You know, he is with you and he is for you. And at the moment you think you're gonna break, when you can't carry any more, he will help carry you. In fact, do you know how many worse days you and Jesus have made it through? All of them, 100% of them, you are still here. God is still God and you have made it through and you're gonna make it through this dark night also. So what you are facing will soon pass. You will make it through the uncertainty. Where we're at now is at Patty's house. You may not know Patty, but Patty is attendee at City First Cape Coral, a faithful attendee. And unfortunately, the storm brought four feet of water into her house. Her house is completely obliterated. But guess what? Yesterday, a team from Rockford showed up and helped to clean it out. We still have a long ways to go, but this is what I know. We are better together.
And like I said at the beginning of this message, when one part of the body hurts, the entire body hurts. But also, the entire body can heal. And that's what we're doing right here. Back to our story about Jesus. It says this, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. You know, Peter got out of the boat and attempted something. I want to make that point. That is more than what most people do. Sometimes we tend to knock Peter for, you know, getting out of the boat and taking his eyes off of Jesus and sinking into the water. But listen, Peter at least gave it a shot. In the wind and the waves, he got out onto the water. He got out of the boat. And here's the thing. There's uncertainty in your life too, and you're gonna have to get out of the boat. You see, all of us would rather stay in our comfort zone, stay in what we think would be safe, but actually the miracles happen outside of the boat. And if you don't have all the answers, it is impossible to perfectly plan for the future. This makes us really anxious, right? Instead of stressing that you don't have all the right answers right now, realize you will have the right answers someday. In fact, you're learning. You're learning to do hard things better right now. Many times we wish for easier days and better ways of living, but here's the problem with that. Those days rarely come. In fact, I love what the coach of the Duke women's basketball program said. She said this, it's not gonna get easier. In other words, in life, it's not gonna get easier. You must learn to handle hard better. I love that. We must all learn to handle hard better. And you learn to do hard things better. You got to where you're at because you learned to do hard things. Do you understand that? Now you're facing another hard thing and you'll learn how to do that hard thing also. Instead of saying to yourself, I can't do this, and I just, there's no way I'm gonna be successful. Instead of saying that, you should say, Jesus is helping me to learn how to do this. City First, I want you to realize this, for a moment, for a moment, Peter walked on the water, and then he got in his own head. While you keep your eyes on Jesus, you are a learner. When you take your eyes off Jesus, you become a warrior, and it happens to all of us. Peter was willing to step into his uncertainty. He was willing to learn, and we must be too. Trust me, I'm not trying to be trite or insensitive to your current situation, but I know this, Jesus in you can do hard things. In talking with Patty, she has a very large task at hand. There's a lot of heartache and a lot of devastation and a lot of uncertainty. But this is what I know in talking to her. Her eyes are on Jesus. And because her eyes are on Jesus, she's gonna learn how to do even harder things than what she already has. And I know this, the church is going to lift her arms as well as the other families in the church and other people in Southwest Florida. We are gonna learn to do hard things better. You know, back to the story as we close. In verse 31, it says, 
Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, meaning Peter. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. You know, as we face uncertainty, remember that Jesus is our rescue. Theologian Reinhold Niebuhr once wrote this. He said, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Wow, that is so powerful. At the end of the day, we need to discern what is in our control and what is not in our control. If you are going to focus on anything, focus on what you can do and quit stressing over what you cannot control. You can be wise with your money, but you cannot control the economy or the markets. You can choose right actions, but you cannot force someone else to. You can govern your own choices, but you can't govern the city, the state, or this country. Quit ruminating on things you cannot control. Change what you can and leave the rest to God. Peter did what he could, and when he fell short, God reached out. God will do the same for you. Uncertainty is inevitable which is why we must live by faith. Christian philosopher Paul Tillich once said, in the courageous standing of uncertainty, faith shows most visible its dynamic character. I pray you have courage to embrace a life of uncertainty and trust Jesus. I pray that you're willing to step out of the boat into the unknown, knowing that God will help you learn and he will be with you every step of the way. And more than anything, I hope you know that God loves you and he is for you. God bless City First.